0: Finding Revelation Daily, Podcast 9 Left Behind, Caught Up, Rapture When we're aware of the spiritual world around us, we can then start to recognize when supernatural events take place. It's necessary to read and understand scripture, to quicken our senses, to help understand our dreams, visions, and miracles that were given. It's up to us to acknowledge this communication with God and find revelation daily. In February 2012, the Holy Spirit said to me, quote, As the sun and the moon align, all non-believers on earth will be left behind, while the rainbow gives us the bond message as spoken in the word of the Lord. End quote. The revelation that I have been given from this is that without a connection to God, there's nothing, but with the bond comes everlasting life. As the sun and the moon align, there will be an eerie silence before the great and dreadful day. In Joel 2, 30-31, it says, quote, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, Blood and fire and pillars of smoke; the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord comes." End quote. And one Thessalonians 4:17 says, quote, "Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. End quote. This podcast, Left Behind, Caught Up in the Rapture, is about the nature of these dreams that continues to lead me back to the second coming of the Lord. Each time I have had a dream, vision, or miracle that relates to the rapture, I believe it is God speaking directly to me. I've chronicled these dreams and found a great amount of scripture related. My revelation changes over times as my education development continued to increase on the subject. In 2012, my husband Jim and I were contemplating whether we wanted to stay in our current house or move to a larger one. At that time, it felt like our lives were in flux. I had been unable to write and consequently I had had several conversations with God asking that he grant me the time needed to get my husband settled so I could concentrate. We had begun by selling our primary home and then our cabin in the mountains to lessen our responsibilities and stress. Afterward, we moved into a smaller primary home that ended up being too small. Ultimately, we moved to the home we live in now. Little did I know at the time that the whole journey had been orchestrated. We had owned our home in San Clemente for 27 years. We had purchased the property in 1986 and started building in 1987. We discovered that building our own home is a never-ending project. Before we could get one project done, other projects had to be serviced or replaced. It was a labor of love and our main hobby. Since the real estate market was still appreciating at the time, we decided to try building another home in the mountains. This time, we hired a contractor so we would not be building for the next 20 years. This unexpectedly brought a whole different set of problems. It was during the construction of the cabin that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And after construction, Jim slid off the roof while he was removing snow and broke his back, shoulder, and his wrist. He then had to have shoulder and back surgery. A little over a year later, Jim had to have a bypass surgery. The homes were becoming physically, mentally, and financially draining. So we decided it was time to downsize and eliminate the 80-mile round-trip drive from home to work and back home again. We sold the house in San Clemente first and purchased a smaller home in Huntington Beach, close to our family business. Then we sold the cabin in the mountains. After living in the smaller house for just a couple weeks, my husband felt we had made a huge mistake. We had little storage and we couldn't park both cars in the garage because it was too small and the house needed to be refurbished. So we put it back on the market. It sold quickly, but it would take a little time for the people who had purchased the house to sell theirs. In the meantime, we sat waiting through the 2013 holidays. As time rolled on, I asked the Lord whether we should put the house back on the market or wait for the buyers to sell their house. The Spirit of the Lord told me it would be the next year before we found our new home. Knowing my house was waiting for me, I stayed patient. After the first of the year, the buyers closed their house and we continued with escrow, enabling us to start looking for a home. The market was tight. There had been an exceptionally low inventory, kind of like it is now. One morning, I decided to take a drive around the local neighborhoods to see if there was anything that had come on the market. And I drove down a nice clean street and something caught my eye. A home for sale with a side yard that had an RV access. The RV access would make up for some of the space we needed. I was able to look at the house the same day. It was vacant. The people had already moved out. Walking in, it was like entering a new home. The house had been remodeled two years prior. The kitchen and bathrooms appeared to be brand new. The current owners had just reduced the price. I called my husband to come to the house and give me his opinion. We found that there were people lined up to look at it for the following weekend. It had sat through the holidays and we had just happened to come along right before the new year rush. We put in an offer and it was accepted. Now that we're back on track, I decided I needed to prepare for the upcoming tax season and get my tax receipts in order so that I wouldn't be looking for the files during the moving process. I started gathering up all my files, which were quite extensive since we had built San Clemente and the Mountain House, and I would have to have all these receipts in order to file our tax return. I poured through all the old files to try to find all the relevant tax receipts and to be ready for the 2013 tax season. During this investigation, I came across an old American Express bill. It was strange because it had yellow highlights on it for the rental car company from where we had rented the Jeep and from where we had seen the rainbow on our 2005 trip to Maui. The highlighted name of the island was on the credit card invoice. This is the exact same name of the street we were in the process of purchasing. Kau Hului. Then things started getting interesting. A couple weeks After moving into the Kau house, a DVD entitled Left Behind was left on my front doorstep by an unknown source. I set it aside and figured someone would contact me to let me know why they had left it. I thought, well, maybe it's for the previous owners or maybe it's somebody who knows me, but there wasn't any type of note with it or any information. So at this point, I just thought the best thing was to just set it aside. Now, on the next day, it was Sunday, I had a vision in church of an old man from ancient times who appeared to me as I was praying. He said, quote, They are all dead. End quote. I didn't understand why he would say a church full of living, breathing people singing and praying would not be alive. I now believe that it was a reference to not being filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe my vision was referring to a lackluster journey of faith. I believe he was pointing out that most of the parishioners are not filled with the Spirit because of biblical illiteracy. Ephesians 2.5 says, Even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. End quote. We must believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is available for all of us. The people who don't answer His call will fall tragically short of receiving His promise of abundant life. It's not wrong to expect an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Although we do need to understand that we cannot solely depend on the experience of being filled up with the Spirit by a visit to church on Sunday as the main marker as to where we are in our faith. It can turn a precious gift meant to uplift into disheartenment. Bible verses like Acts 2, 1-5 describes how the Holy Spirit came upon believers like a rushing wind and cloven tongues of fire to interpret these verses properly. And we need to focus on the promise, not the manifestations. Remember, the power of the Holy Spirit is already available to us. In Galatians 5:22 22-23, Paul writes, quote, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. End quote. The prevalence of these qualities in our day-to-day life is the most telling sign of being full of the Holy Spirit. Knowledge is power. When we have a goal set to increase our awareness by reading and listening to scripture, then meditating and praying on it, it will help us to achieve a higher level of connection that will open up the channels for a stronger two-way communication with God. When we cloak ourselves in a restless dissatisfaction of life, we throw a blanket over our divine perception, which can lead us to missing the most powerful moments of all. Those precious moments that come in small doses and carry much weight in the kingdom of God. The best evidence of God's power in our daily lives is in our obedience to listen and to operate in His word so that we can obtain a supernatural strength and live accordingly. We can be filled with revelation and a heavenly joy daily. The Holy Spirit is the Lord, the giver of life. He is the Creator Spirit that was present before the creation of the universe. And through His power, everything was made in Jesus Christ by God the Father. We must have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, or we're dead inside. We will not be able to enjoy everlasting life with our Lord and Savior. That Sunday afternoon, after coming home from having the vision in church, I watched the DVD that had been left on my front doorstep, which contained the movie, Left Behind. Before seeing the title written on the outside of the DVD, I had never heard of the movie or the book, quote, Left Behind, end quote. I now know that it is a movie starring Kurt Cameron based off the best-selling book series by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. While I watched the movie, the old man that appeared to me in a vision in church that morning came onto the screen. This same old man was speaking Hebrew in the movie. The Hebrew was translated into English in a subtitle as he spoke. He said, quote, Take heed. Now, for the Lord has chosen me to build a house for the sanctuary. God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. By the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by grace you are saved. Through faith this is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are ambassadors as though God is making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For God so loved the world, he gave this one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He who believes in the son is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. He is the Christ Jesus, End quote. As you can imagine, I was blown away to see the same old man in the movie that I had just seen in my vision that very morning. I asked myself, how is this all linked? What message was I being given? I believe now that we are all being forewarned to prepare so that we're not left behind. In 1 Thessalonians 4:15 through 17 it says, Quote, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever, End quote. We may not feel like God is speaking to us, but God loves us and the Holy Spirit is always present. As a Christian, when we feel convicted, when we sin, this is the Holy Spirit guiding us. When we ignore his conviction and continue to sin, then we will find it harder to hear the Holy Spirit and become more and more consumed by that very sin. In Ephesians 4:30 30 through 32, Paul also tells the church, quote, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness." Rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Listen for the Holy Spirit. Recognize when He's convicting you. When we understand that He wants what is best for us, and we do what He says, we will step into a fuller and richer relationship with God. On April 14, 2014, I had a dream that I was lifted up to the Lord. I've had many of these dreams through the years, each with more and more detail as I learn more through Scripture as to what I should expect and what is expected of me. In Matthew 24, it tells us that when Jesus was talking to His disciples at the Mount of Olives, the same place in which He ascended After his resurrection, Jesus explained to them that before his second coming, false prophets would claim to be the Christ and that many people will follow them. But if we obey his words, we will not be fooled by these false prophets and we will be saved. We can prepare for the second coming by doing what is right. We will know that His coming is near when we see the signs He has promised. No one knows exactly when He will come again, but we're to be prepared, and then we can be with Him. My revelation is that the Lord continues to take my blindness away so I can be prepared for the day of the Lord. On May 20th in 2015, I had a dream. I was standing on the side of a mountain, watching people floating up to heaven. I realized that there weren't many people going up. As I stood there feeling concerned, I realized I was one of them. I wasn't going up. I was just standing there. And as the realization came to me, someone approached from my right and I felt relief. And I said to them, quote, I knew you would come. End quote. It's written in Mark 13 27, quote, and then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. End quote. My revelation is that because I didn't see many people going up to heaven, this is my testimony to let people know that are willing to listen that the Lord's day is coming soon. No matter what happens, whether it is before my life on earth ends or after, we all need to be prepared for the day of the coming of the Lord. On July 4th, 2015, I was awakened to an old-fashioned clock ticking. I don't own an old-fashioned clock. All my clocks are digital. Revelation 3.3 says, quote, Remember, Therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Quote. My revelation of that old fashioned ticking clock that morning is that I was being told that the time is running out. We are in the last hour. Even though the day and the time of the Lord is unknown, we must stay prepared. On July 21st, 2015, I saw in a vision a young white horse running around in a circle in a canyon corral, and then it flew up and disappeared. Then I saw the young white horse running with all the spirit horses in a circle with a large cloud hanging over them. Revelation 6, 1 through 8 says, quote, And I saw when the Lamb opened up one of the seals, and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal... I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him, had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts, a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth, End quote. My revelation is that the youth of the horse represents the purity and humility while the color white represents righteous and the horse itself represents the divine. The white horse running is showing eagerness, commitment to the covenant in the spirit Then the horse returns with the red, black, and pale green spirit horses, and the presence of God is over them. I believe the seals are about to be broken. August 6, 2016, the Spirit of the Lord told me to, quote, pray for the dead water, end quote. Revelation 21 says, quote, and he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Revelation 21 says, quote, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely, end quote. My revelation is that the dead water is the person who does not know and accept Christ as his or her Savior. That person's spirit does not unite with the Holy Spirit and therefore lacks the nourishment for eternal life. It can't thrive. Just as the waters on earth are dying, so is the heart of man. September first, 2016 I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, quote, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, end quote. Revelation fourteen thirteen says quote, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. End quote. My revelation is that time is running out to give our hearts to the Lord. 9, 14, 2016, I heard the Holy Spirit say. Quote, Seven days of tribulation each day brings its own. In the Bible, the tribulation lasts seven years. Each day represents a year. And each year will bring in a different tribulation to deal with. 3:16, 316-2017, I had a dream that people were brought together and tested on their reading ability. I was asked to perform the test of asking them to read out loud. I believe this may have to do with giving testimony according to the scriptures. Then on 9-1-2017, I heard, quote, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, end quote. I believe these are the people who have accepted Jesus into their hearts. March 15, 2018, I wrote in my journal that I had a dream last night, that I was going from room to room looking for everyone, but no one was there. I believe this represents that prophetically, I am unable to find anyone with the Spirit. My testimony to you is to prepare, read and listen to the Bible daily. Educate yourself so that you are familiar with God's Word. It will guide you on a path to whom you were meant to be. Stay safe, God bless, and give all the glory and honor to God. I look forward to connecting with you in my next podcast. If you would like to share your story, email me at livinglifeonhigh@gmail.com at gmail.com or visit my website at livinglifeonhigh.com God bless.